You are listening to Zero E Michigan with Carl Bloss and Larry Hudson. On this show, we try to explore and simplify what's happening with electric vehicles, energy generation, and zero emissions topics with a focus on our home state of Michigan. Together with our guests, we demystify topics related to driving electric in Michigan and how you can select, charge, maintain, and get the maximum value out of your EV. This podcast is sponsored by Consumers Energy and the Power My Drive program. Start your EV journey at consumersenergy.com slash EV. Welcome back to the Zero E Michigan podcast. Uh, I'm Carl Bloss, and my co-host is... Larry Hudson. So today we want to talk Aptera. For those of you watching the video version, you'll see behind me, I have a streamlined Aptera. So I want to talk all about what that is. But before I do that, I want to give a huge shout out to the Drive the Lightning channel. I was on with Chad and Sarah. And so for those of you that have subscribed based on that video, thank you very much for being here. And I know a lot of you are Aptera fans. So I want to take this opportunity to talk about Aptera. Uh, Drive the Lightning has done a lot of awesome content on the Aptera, uh, doing some deep dives. So I really appreciate what they've done. I think for some people that are new to Aptera, what that even is, that, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to give a summary of what Aptera is, what it represents, why it's significant to the EV movement. So that's where I want to dive in. And then I'm super positive about Aptera and Larry has questions. And so hopefully we'll have a good discussion about this. Let's go into what exactly Aptera is. So Aptera is a separate company. It's not just a single model, although I mean, essentially, they are building a model of vehicle right now, but it is a company based in Carlsbad, California. So here, right here in the U.S., and they are building a model of a vehicle that's not really a car. It is a three-wheeler, and we'll talk about why in a, in a minute. It is 100% focused on efficiency. So you're going to hear that word a lot and why that's significant. Now, I'm not going to do a lot of technical deep dives and there have been a lot of uh, other channels that have done interviews with the co-CEOs. There are two CEOs, uh, Chris and, and Steve. And so uh, I encourage you to take a look at those. Again, back to Drive the Lightning, look at all their Aptera content to do more deep dives. And also uh, Steve at the Aptera Owners Club channel. Again, if you're going to geek out, that's a great way to do it. But let's talk about efficiency. Why is this such a big deal? So let me preface this by talking about other vehicles like electric pickup trucks. I had the chance to drive a Ford F-150 Lightning for a couple of weeks. And, you know, being a Tesla owner, being a Kia Nero smaller vehicle and zero owner, where those vehicles have pretty good efficiency, you know, anywhere from three, four, five miles per kilowatt hour efficiency, driving the F-150 Lightning and then getting 1.7 to 2 miles per kilowatt hour for me is kind of a killer. Um, because what that means is all those kilowatt hours, all that energy has to be replenished again by recharging. And now you get into time and cost and so forth. So now let's put that in perspective. Again, F-150 Lightning, my experience, 1.7 to 2 miles per kilowatt hour on the highway. Tesla Model Y, I'm typically getting 3.8 miles per kilowatt hour. 
And what that means in terms of charging, um, I had to sit at a 50 kilowatt, 50 or 60, I can't remember, kilowatt uh, charger, DC fast charger with the lightning uh, because I couldn't find one in the area where I wanted to charge that had the full 150 kilowatt that the vehicle can take. And what that means is at 50 kilowatts, 1.7 miles per kilowatt hour, it will take you a full hour to recharge 85 miles of range. And to me, that's that's kind of an issue. And whereas like a Tesla Model Y, if you're charging at 200 kilowatts, at least initially, and the vehicle gets you know the efficiency we talked about, now the charging time is relatively low. So what the Aptera does through its uh, body shape and a number of other things that I'll talk about in a minute, it's able to get an estimated 10 miles per kilowatt hour. So you're talking about more than double the efficiency of a Tesla Model 3, Tesla Model Y. And what that translates into is much shorter charging. So even a level two stop at six kilowatts will give you 60 miles of range in that one hour on a level two stop. Overnight charging you can do with regular 120 volt outlets. So people who own this and, and put this in their garage and don't have huge commutes, you know, if you have a hundred mile round trip commute, you can plug this into a 120 volt outlet and it will have enough range from that overnight charge to do pretty much everything that you need to do. So you don't even have to put in a level two charger. Any um, outlet that you see in any house would charge that car, no problem. That's right. So, you know, a typical 15 amp outlet, not even a 20 amp outlet that you might have in a kitchen or slightly higher power, 15 amp outlet. So a typical level one EVSE will run at 80% of that. So 12 amps. So it translates into about one and a half kilowatts. So it's like a hairdryer, right? 1500 watts. So 10 hours of that will give you 15 kilowatt hours. That's 150 miles for the, for the Aptera. So if you think about that, that's pretty amazing. And we haven't even talked about the solar capability yet which is this vehicle is efficient enough that with the, I believe it's 700 watts of total solar that you have on the hood, the roof, the, the rear hatch, they are estimating, you know, 40 miles of range of just by letting it sit out in the sun. So let's say Michigan, you know, we're cloudy. It's not that much sunshine. Let's say it's half that 20 miles of range, uh, just by having it sit out in the sun. Now, how cool is that? Now, it's not a perpetual Perfect. motion machine. If you're driving down the highway, um, the amount of solar that you're going to get is not enough to keep the car ro rolling for hours and hours, right? So it's you leave it sit out in the sun, drive your 20 miles, whatever, of daily commute, let it sit again. But again, if you think about that, for somebody who's like an apartment dweller or that doesn't have access to charging, you can still do this and maybe charge it once a week at a level two charger or something like that. But meanwhile, the car is recharging itself just by sitting out in the sun. So that's another thing that the efficiency can do for you. And then from a cost basis, but let's say 40 miles a day, I did this calculation, so I'm reading off to the side, 40 miles a day, 10 miles per kilowatt hour uh, is four kilowatt hours, 15 cents per kilowatt hour from consumer's energy overnight rates is 60 cents to do your daily driving. That's 1.5 cents per mile, about $220 per year. Um, that's great. And let's say, and that's if you just plug it in. So let's say you're getting half of those miles 
from solar, then those numbers go in half. So can you imagine fueling a vehicle to drive more than a thousand miles a month with 100 to $200 of cost? That's what we're talking about with the efficiency, right? So if you take a 2023 Prius, and I looked this up, 56 miles per gallon. So those same 40 miles is 0.71 gallons, $3 a gallon, $2.14 versus 60 cents. $800 per year, right? Something like that. So even one of the most efficient hybrids that's out there can't hold a candle to the kind of efficiency you're talking about. And it's beautiful looking, you know, it's a really nice looking car. And this is from somebody who doesn't want to drive a Leaf, right? <laughs> uh, leaf, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So if you look at the shape of it, it's kind of like an airplane fuselage without the wings. And if I'm not mistaken, Aptera even means a flightless bird in Greek. So I, I hope I got that right. But I seem to remember hearing that. How do they achieve this? It's all about the shape. Um, there's a lot of computational fluid dynamics in there. So modeling, again, those on the video version, you'll see behind me kind of the streamlining over the top of the vehicle around all the little objects like the wheel pants um, over even the, the mirror. They're, they're trying to not have a physical mirror. They're trying to have cameras, but they need to get um, you know, approval and it's for that. a big car. It's it's it, long and wide, right? It's long, wide. It's wider than I think an F one fifty. Um, so, you know, <laughs> that is something to watch out for. Um, uh, it's a three wheeler because three wheels have less drag than two, but it's still extremely stable. The motors are in the hub, so a typical EV will have the electric motor on board the vehicle and still have standard drive shaft, CV joints, all that kind of stuff. And these have the electric motors in the hub of the wheel. So that makes them much more efficient. Uh, again, we talked about the wheel pants. So those are the little structures that go over top of the wheel. So the wheel itself is not exposed. Same thing for the rear wheel. Uh, and those concerned about changing tires, there's going to be quick ways to pop those off and change a tire if you need to. The structure is carbon fiber and composite. So it's, it's light, but it's extremely strong. So they do expect this vehicle to be very safe. They're going to do crash tests, all those things. Um, even little details, like how the windows roll down. They're not full windows. If you ever had the opportunity to, to sit in a DeLorean, it's kind of like that. The little windows will come down, but they're not full windows. You can still, you know, get your meals at a drive-thru, but the full window doesn't roll down because it, you know, it's so much more efficient the way that they've done it. Even the charge port is behind the rear license plate. So it's hidden, um, you know, all these little details. And I, I can't even mention them all. Did they say there's going to be one with a motor in the rear wheel? Not, And then there's a three motor, right? So there, what are the versions on the motors when you were talking about that? Yeah. So there are two versions. You either have just front wheel drive. So two in-hub motors in the front and then a non-functioning rear wheel. Um, and then they have the all-wheel drive where the rear wheel is uh, powered as well. And the launch oh, edition, okay. the one that they're initially bringing out, is, is an all-wheel drive, so a three-wheel drive. And then it's a two-seater. Uh, so for some people, that's a non-starter, obviously. Uh, if you have a family, you need to put child seats in the back, so it's not going to work for you. So it is a two-seater, but huge amount of storage. So if you look at the shape of it, that rear hatch is really long. So it's... But, and you, know, you can lay down in the back of it. If say, I'm... There are pictures of people lying down in there. 
they are actually selling a tent accessory. So you can pop that rear hatch, put this tent structure out, you can sleep in the vehicle. And I um, think so pets could fit in the back. Pets can fit in the back. You can put a a full bicycle in the back. They're they're um, famous for showing surfboards in there. Uh, so it is really long. There's a lot of storage in the back. So two plus the storage. I already mentioned the ability to camp in the vehicle. So just like a Tesla, there's a camp mode where you can keep the climate control running. Lots of functionality. The other thing that's very important to Aptera is the right to repair. And uh, Drive the Lightning did a whole episode on that. So I don't want to do too much of a deep dive. I'll put a link to that. But the whole point is that Aptera will sell you the parts directly to fix your vehicle if you need to. So they're not going to have proprietary parts that you as an individual or your local body shop or your local fix-it shop will not have access to. Um, that's very important to them because they want people to have a, a positive experience. Um, they also have said that they want this to be a multi-generational vehicle. So if at some point they're going to come out with a better hub motor or other better parts, they want people to be able to swap those out and put those in so these vehicles can run for a very long time. So this vehicle really represents freedom from high fuel costs, freedom from, uh, you know, even having to plug in. So you can harvest the sun directly. And of course, this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way that are wanting to sell you those things. So I'm sure there's some controversy there. But for, for those that can take advantage of it, I think that's huge. And do you think really like, Michigan, this right, we're probably a little too far on the upper part, probably definitely gonna work great. California, New Mexico, Texas, where there's lots of sun, right? Colorado even. I seen I lived in Colorado, grew up there. It seemed like the sun shined, you know, three hundred days a year there. Michigan, we got a lot more shade. I like I like call it cloud shade. I, I prefer Michigan myself, but to take advantage of the solar. But still, the efficiency of the car, even if you're not taking advantage, the solar's not helping you that much. It's and it's cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can choose different packages of the solar. Like there's a minimum amount that they're going to put on. Um, you know, the launch edition. What they've done is they've made the, the vehicle like you can pick any color you want as long as it's silver. You can pick any range you want as long as it's 400 miles. Do you have right. your little model that you made? I mean, I don't have. I don't have the painted one here. I have the one that I 3D printed. It's still in the white. Wow. So the launch edition is basically, you know, this this is it. This is what you get. You don't get to choose. If you want to choose different options, different battery sizes, uh, then you you have to wait. Uh, and we'll talk about the production here in a minute. Uh, this is a good time to talk about the the status. You know, where are we at here? So at the moment, they're in the prototype testing stage. So they had an alpha which was a visual concept of the three main color schemes. Um, they had a beta, which was actually kind of ugly because basically it was just designed to test parts, stability, um, the motors, uh, you know, a lot of the guts of the car. So if you ever see that, you're like, what the heck is that? It's kind of a, a Frankenstein. Um, the gamma is kind of the next level combination, again, for demonstration and showing and, you know, letting YouTubers and other journalists test this thing they're in the process of the building the delta but in the meantime they are starting to make what are called production intent bodies at a company called cpc uh, who makes uh bodies for 
you know, high-end hypercars. And so they've already shown in their videos how they've they've spent money to make the presses to build some of these these parts. So there's definitely stuff going on behind the scenes, not only in terms of the engineering, but also again what they call PI production intent parts. Um, at this point, they have forty six thousand approximately vehicle reservations. So that translates into I think one point six billion dollars worth of revenue, assuming those all come to fruition. So there are a lot of people that are interested in them. Uh, fundraising. Uh, so at this point, you can buy stock pre-IPO, $10.50 a share. And they have something called the Accelerator Program. So if you have a reservation on one, we'll talk about reservations in a minute, um, and you want to be one of the first ones to get the vehicle off the assembly line, if you invest at least $10,000, so approximately 1,000 shares at ten fifty dollars a share, uh, you can be one of the first 2,000 for getting your vehicle first as it rolls off the assembly line in Carlsbad. And they have about 30 million raised just for from that program, uh, from the early investors. If you don't want to be an accelerator, uh, for me personally, that was a little bit too much to invest. Uh, you can invest smaller amounts. Uh, they had a, a promotion recently. If you invested at least $2,000, they will knock $1,000 off your final vehicle price. So speaking of vehicle price, the pricing is now set somewhere between $25,900 to $46,000, depending on the range model you get and the options. The launch edition, at least what my interface shows me when I look at that is $33,200, you know, minus the thousand, assuming that that comes to pass. Um, you can also get referrals. Speaking of referrals, uh, if... I have a referral code out there if you want to use it. Um, it's $100 reservations for a pre-order. So if you're interested in it, you can put $100 down. It's also refundable. But with a referral, there's $30 off. So you can get a reservation pre-order for $70. So that's kind of where it's at. So if you are if you think this is kind of a cool concept, but you're not willing to do any kind of investment, you know, basically your foot in the door cost to get on the list, and then you can still decide whether you want it someday when they uh, when they offer you to configure a vehicle is $70. So the 2000, you actually got almost 20 stocks or no, that didn't get you stocks. That's more like a well, down payment. 200. I actually got 200 shares. I think I, I, I went oh, a so little bit more. So it's shares. 1050 okay. a share, 1050 a share. So if you, if you get a hundred shares, it's, now, did you have to do something special to buy the shares? How did, I mean, was it just go to the website and yeah, link you go, your bank account? Yeah, you go, wire money? you go to your website. They have a link for investment. Um, it ends up turning into a computer share account. So those that do a little bit of private investing, you're probably familiar with computer share. And so uh, you establish an account there and then you have to fund it somehow. So in my case, I linked it to uh, a, uh, a transfer from a, from a bank account. Uh, there is some paperwork that you get. I know a lot of people on the Aptera forums are saying, hey, why am I getting this paperwork? They're asking me for my social security number. Well, that's pretty standard. What that is, essentially, it's a W-9 so that uh, if and when you make a profit on that, then you know it has to be registered with the IRS so that they know that, that you're making a profit. That comes from the computer share. Comes that's from, from computer, computer share. Not Aptera. That's correct. Yeah, it comes from computer share 
once once you go through that initial process of investing. So you can do everything that's online. Confusing, right? You're, you're thinking you're buying the one car and now you got to get in partnership with another company. But you're saying well, we need another company because that's how they get in America through all the legal hoops to buy stock in a company that's not public. Sure. I mean, it's just like if you said you wanted to buy some Amazon shares or Tesla shares, you're not going to buy them directly from the company. You're typically going to go through a brokerage account. So essentially what this is, is kind of like a brokerage account. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. All right. So, so now the production, you're going to be going down there next month, end of the month. So I'm heading to the electric vehicle association meeting and they are holding that at the Aptera headquarters. So I'm kind of hoping I'll get to talk to some of the is folks. The headquarters and the, the same place. Is the headquarters the same place they're making it? That's their final assembly factory. Yes, that's that's the intent. Yeah, that's great. They're making the body pieces in Italy. It'll be interesting to see if any of them been, have been shipped over, um, and you know what the state of sort of the the whole production facility looks like. I'm I'm anxious to see that, and I'm sure they want to you know give the EVA folks a, a good impression. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how, how far they've come, what other parts are there. We're going to get a tour of the facility that at least that's, that's the plan. Yeah. If you want to learn more, if you go to their website, aptera.us, there's an FAQ, uh, lots of detail, technical details. I also created a, uh, a website slash Google map called apteramap.info. So basically it's a, you know, user Google map, and I just got the domain apteramap.info. So if you're a reservation holder and you voluntarily want to share your location and your build, you can do that. It's kind of neat. You can see where in your area someone has ordered an Aptera. Again, keep in mind that it's not a complete list. It doesn't have all, what did I say, 46,000 reservations on it. It is those people that voluntarily decided to put a pin in the map and said, here I am. Larry, any other things you want to poke at a little yeah, bit yeah just 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 the whole production thing you know all the like the arkimoto the trouble they've been having and you know what you hear about how hard it is to get to this next level so i hope they're doing the right that it scares me i didn't realize the bodies that come from italy that just sounds expensive the shipping yeah. i, I yeah, can't imagine light. they could they're light they're big well, but, but they're still light. bulky i i can't imagine they couldn't have figured out to do it here but anyways those are the things that right I don't know, but you say Sandy Monroe took a peek at it somehow and he's giving it thumbs up. So that's good news, right? That just scares me that, you know, this whole production thing, uh, you know, you hear Elon always talking about that was, you know, the hard production part. Hell. Yeah. And, and that is not uh, an unreasonable statement, right? I mean, this gap from a prototype to production, there's this valley of death uh, where a lot of people have lots of good ideas and they want to make things work. But as soon as you start trying to do things at scale is where things get difficult. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're seeing with Arkimoto. You know, they have a vehicle, they have a good vehicle concept. People seem to love them, but they haven't gone to volume production, which means you're hand assembling all these things. And it's very expensive to do that. And then if you can't get the price point down, then people get frustrated and they do start scaring away. So that's really the key is can they get it to the point where they can do mass assembly of these vehicles in a way that they can still make a profit at it so that it's sustainable. I mean, you can burn through cash uh, at the beginning and that's 
inevitably what's going to happen, right? They're part of the whole point of the accelerator program is that they're able to take those investments and build the production infrastructure to build the things that are going to build the vehicles, um, you know, and, and then hopefully get it going in a sustainable way so that, you know, a couple of years down the road that they're actually profitable. I like it. I, I'm looking forward. Yeah. I hope they can pull it off. Well, can so you imagine... I'm looking forward to our follow-up when you get back from that. Say, you're gonna, I'm sure you're going to take lots of videos and whatever they allow me to do and maybe get a couple interviews, uh, kind of get a feeling for where, where they're really at. But can you imagine driving this thing along the lakeshore? I, I think the funny ironic thing is you wouldn't ever get anywhere because you park it somewhere and you'd have a mob of people around you asking you what's going on. What is this thing? Right. So you got to have lots of business cards and QR codes. So, uh, looking forward yeah, to that. It is cool so, looking though. Yeah. And then timing, we didn't talk about timing. Uh, so my understanding is they want to get the first vehicles out the door end of 2024. I would say, you know, if maybe all the accelerators get their vehicles by this time next year, so 2025, I think they're doing really well, you know, and I'm not an accelerator. I would be in the, the next, uh, batch after that with a, um, with a launch edition, you know, I can get it by middle of 2025 let's say um uh prediction if it doesn't uh if the whole thing doesn't crater by national drive electric week 2025 how's that uh, if i have it i'll i'll bring it out and show people i hope it turns into like the new volkswagen right wasn't volkswagen yeah. the people's car isn't that the what it's supposed car. to be yeah this would be a good people's car yeah that's an interesting parallel my grandfather my my family came from germany my grandfather pre-ordered a volkswagen you know in the 1930s and we're and he, talking about the beetle it. right everybody the beetle, so, yeah the, the volkswagen beetle and he got one he drove it i learned to drive on a 72 super beetle so i, I love the parallel to our listeners what do you think uh do you have a reservation are you an investor you know what are your thoughts on all this what do you think their chances are um obviously if you're an investor you you believe in it but again, this this valley of death from prototype to production is really tough. So, you know, how do you think this is all going to play out? Love to hear from you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>